Welcome to the Business That Matters Spotlight. I'm Warren Coughlin, founder of this podcast and business coach to ethical entrepreneurs who want to build a business that matters. In short, I help you end chaos and gain control over your business so that you predictably and reliably achieve the profits, the lifestyle, and the impact you strive for through a team you can trust without the stress and frustration. When you experience this, you're more confidently able to make the world or just your corner of it a bit of a better place. At The Spotlight, we believe that every entrepreneur has a unique message that can positively impact the world and inspire others to do the same. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Business That Matters Spotlight. This is Warren Coughlin, your host. I'm uh, with a dynamic duo here today, Kyle Nelson and Eli Libby. They're the founders and partners of Results Imagery and Biz Bros. So they're kind of brothers in arms to me with having a podcast of their own. And I want to come back to Biz Bros because I think that's really cool and cool to hear about as one podcaster to another. But uh, let's start with Results Imagery. Uh, and then I want to hear a little bit about your stories as well. But just as a, as a business, who do you serve? What do you, what do, you do for them? Absolutely. So Results Imagery, we, are, we service e-commerce brands, agencies, aggregators, accelerators, those are kind of some hot topics right now. And we work directly with them as an extension of their media team. So creating all of the media assets that are on product listing pages. So that is on white photos, lifestyle photos, kind of that creative social media and studio um, photos, and then everything in the video production category. So about us videos. And when you see an extension of their media team, do your clients yeah. tend to have an in-house media team or are you more connected mm-hmm. to their agencies? Like who do you, who's your client? Is it the, yeah. is it that aggregator or incubator or is it their agencies? It really depends on the, it depends on the client we're working with. If it's a brand directly, sometimes they have a media team, but during COVID we saw a lot of them drop off and they're looking for that external outsourced media team. And that's where we filled the gap. And then for agencies, we really, we, we play as a white label partner and sometimes more of a co-branded partner. So with their agency, they have the opportunity to work with results imagery and get a discount for their audience base. Nice. And just, you know, that, that kind of work is so interesting. I've got a little bit of a, a background in creative services. Yeah, a lot yeah. of my clients have played there. Um, do you get to, do you get to come in at a strategic level and kind of work through the project or is it more executional after they've already decided what it is they want to want to have done? Yeah. Well, first of all, Warren, I want to thank you for letting us be on the show. Um, really yeah. excited for this, but, uh, it all depends on the client. Sometimes it's an early kind of stage client where they're just kind of getting their their business running. Other times it's very high level and we're helping, you know, their marketing team and their creative director um, for a year long strategic play. So um, really depends on what their needs are. For the most part though, it's typically project-based. Um, they have a specific um, outcome they're coming, they're going for with the imagery they're working with us. Mm-hmm. So we usually work backwards. So if it's an ad, ad campaign, we're going to start, okay, who's the market? Uh, who are we going after in terms of, um, you know, demographics. And then we just work back backwards, fill in the right photos and videos and the appropriate styles of media for those certain platforms that they might be having that ad campaign for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just to add more to that too, is we, um, how we differentiate from a lot of, there's a lot of competitors that are in this space of just ship product and, and do the, do the photos. What we really differentiate is we are at heart an e-commerce company that sells photography and video production. Mm-hmm. So by that, I mean, we, we really are focusing on what is going to convert uh, a looker into a buyer. 
and there's different elements uh, in photography and video production that we see that we help guide and consult that that client on to craft that shot list that is actually going to convert and create impact in their business. Mm. So I was going to be my next question about what's your secret sauce. So did you that kind of that's almost like in in larger e-commerce terms mm-hmm. they call that conversion architecture within the yep. overall structure of, yep. the, of the website. So how did you how did you come to that? How did you learn that secret sauce? Because that's that's different from just quality photography. That's quality yeah. photography designed to achieve a, an action, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the secret sauce. I mean is Kyle Nelson. I mean really, he on, this guy you know is. What I'm saying? I'm <laughs> love his saying. feathers, love it. Let's <laughs> no. go. There you go. Where's it at? <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I mean, if we want to dive into the backgrounds, this might be a good opportunity to dive into that. Um, my background is in e-commerce, and I started an act. Um, Adventure action, adventure sport brand, uh, camping lines, backpacking, snowshoeing, uh, snowboarding equipment. Um, in that, we saw, and Kyle really was brought this to our attention too, but we saw how people are shopping with their eyes <clears throat> and creating, everybody's trying to compete on page one of Amazon. So if you can get them in the door with a good on white hero image, you get them there, then you sell them on credibility. And the only way you can really do that on a mobile landscape the photos take up all of the landscape. So if you can do it and you can create conversion by creating an exciting, appealing brand, high quality photos, high quality production, we can list off some of those brands that are doing it very well. And you instantly build credibility as a quality product and a trustworthy brand. And imagery is really the foundation to doing that. And we saw some examples. I mean, in the product line that I had called, it was Winterial was the brand. We had a snowboard waxing kit. Uh, you'd wax your skis and snowboards with. And because of the imagery that we did kind of as a test project to, to validate the idea, we did these imagery, uh, this, these really good uh, photos of like the wax, like just exploding on the board and somebody like, you know, pushing the, the iron and ranked page one on Amazon and just blew through all the inventory. And the only change that we made was in the imagery. <clears throat> so that was kind of the, the validation behind the model. And then Isn't that interesting? In, in media it was really the perfect yin and yang between the starting the company. So I want to go sort of at a couple paths down with what you just said. First, I'm going to come back to your secret sauce piece. Mm -hmm. Um, So you talked about it sort of from the quality of the imagery. One of the things, so I'm a business coach as well as a podcast host. And one of the things I I experience a lot with clients is when they talk about their uniqueness, they often go to Mm -hmm. the feature set about uniqueness. You know, like we do this thing really well. And they often miss the bit about the experience, like what it is to work with you. And just listening to the two of you. So one is like a photographic genius. One is sort of an e-commerce genius. Within that, what's the experience like of dealing with results imagery? If I'm a client, because one of, you know, one of the constant complaints clients have with creative service companies, you know this, right, is you're trying to impose on me your taste or I don't get a say in what I'm doing or mm-hmm. it's delayed and it's late. Like there's lots of chronic but typical complaints of creative services agencies. So what kind of experience does somebody have with you? Yeah, I think, you know, you got to look at it from, like I said earlier, you know, what's the outcome that you're going for, but we really try to dive into the strategic portion of it. You know, the, the imagery that we're creating is the byproduct, but we need to get into your head, your marketing team's head, um, and your creative director's, you know, mind and think, where are they at 
six months from now? What are are they trying to do with their product line or their agency or whatever it is? And we just try to get on the same playing field. Luckily, you know, we've been doing this for a while. We can talk the lingo that these these companies want to hear. You know, a lot of our competitors, they use words like fast, casual, affordable, you know, quick content. And that's not what we really are. We're going to really help, you know, be your strategic partner in terms of the content creation. So you have marketing agencies that help you with your marketing. You hire your CPA with your, your accountant taxes. You hire your you know, legal guy for that. Why would you leave out really the creative strategic partner with that to kind of work in sync with your marketing, work in sync with the founders to make sure that their vision's being implemented um, in the right way? Because at the end of the day, the visual aspect of your product and brand is what's going to truly create those emotional um, feelings and those emotional experiences that the shoppers are going to want yeah. to turn into a buyer. So it's really us taking in all the vision and mission of what your company is, where you're heading, who's the right market fit, and let us help you kind of strategically create that imagery. So we're very strategic, uh, very high touch, and, 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 and truly want to understand exactly what, um, you know, is that you're trying to have as an outcome. Mm-hmm. You said one thing in there that's really interesting that I just kind of want to highlight for listeners yeah. too, because it's around uniqueness. You said everybody else talks them about themselves as XYZ, fast, convenient, whatever it is. And one of the things I see people do is they'll look at their competitors, look at the kind of language their competitors use, and then feel they need to use the same kind of language to play in the same field. When in point of fact, you want to do the opposite, right? Where all that, you want to find that blue ocean, as it's called, or the white space where other people aren't talking about it. And it sounds like you've done a very good job of doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think a big part of our service and experience is the human element behind it. A lot of our competitors, like Kyle said, uh, they're, they're really just more transactional. We try to build the relationship, but we do that through actually talking to a human because we do believe, like I said earlier, that we are an extension of your team. So just imagine that the creative director is in the other room. Like, how would you be talking to them? And that's what we want to do is what we we want to have the human element. And if your photo and video is so important to your product and brand and your marketing campaigns, the amount of money you're spending on these marketing campaigns, why would you spend your dollars with a company that you're not even going to be talking to the individual <laughs> and the person that's strategizing these yeah. images. To me, that seems like I would be going down the wrong path because then you're putting your hopes into someone else's hands that knows nothing about your product, nothing about yeah. your brand or your vision. So like I said, you know, we really try to work on that strategic portion of it. So we're actually creating that's, content that that's going to yeah. you know, matter and help. That's great. That. And so smart. Cause I, I agree with you because the understanding of brand, there's some nuance to it and the yeah. artistry of photography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you a side side note, um, just how, how interesting that kind of work can be. And yeah, I mean, you know, this, I used to be part of a charitable group called street kids international, and we provided entrepreneurial training for street youth in developing countries. Cool. And cool. we started this charitable initiative once called drawn to develop. And what we did was we had street youth in developing countries draw pictures of what their lived reality was like. And some of them were just young kids and crayons and stuff like this. And then we had some of Canada's top photographers create pieces of art based on the drawings and the supporting story that was provided by these kids. It was unfreaking believable. Some of the imagery, like they didn't just recreate the image. They, they interpreted the story. And I'm just reinforcing like when a good artist, a good photographer, when they hear your story, yeah. can turn it into something completely different than you would have ever anticipated. Absolutely. What was the reactions for the kids when they saw those? Well, they didn't because they okay. were, you know, they're in it. another country. And so okay. the photographers okay. did the work here and then Got it. sold them at auction. But uh, That's cool. Wow. yeah. 
Yeah. But the but you could see the impact of the of the audience when they they would read this kid's story. Yeah. Like it was just one silly. There was one kid who just talked about how they wanted to just extricate themselves from this horrible environment they were in, which is really living around a garbage dump and things like this. And this artist created this unbelievably compelling image of it was it was in a garbage dump it was this big huge pile and it had this sort of purple background and this guy at the top planting a purple flag in the top of it and it was oh, that was the interpretation of getting it was just oh your heart just broke looking at it yeah. wow. so, so i'm going off a little cool. bit but i no, I, lo- no. I love what like the kind of work you do is beautiful that's cool but no i mean to your point though photography and, and really uh, creative is such a I don't know what I'm looking for. Like it, what, what is provocative. It? Like the, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, like when some people think it's good, some people think it's bad. Oh, it's biased. It's biased. It's very biased. Yeah. So uh, we, we've experienced that, you know, they come to us as, as the expert and like, ah, I'm not really into that photo. So, okay. It doesn't matter if it's commercial or yeah. portrait or product. It's an art no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. the part of the brain that the creative uses. Yeah. No matter what, if it's for an ad campaign or for a family photo above your mantle, like mm-hmm. you're going to get people biased. And um, that's just something we know we mm-hmm. deal with. And we actually have that conversation quite up front. Like, hey, you know, the work that we do, we know this might be some bias, but, you know, this is how we're interpreting it. So give me the argument because, you know, you, you, you made the argument from an e-commerce perspective. It's the image that drives the transactions. The copywriters say it's the copy that drives the transactions, right? And the pricing strategists will say yeah. it's the, you know, the pricing and the, yeah. the, the, the offer and its positioning right. that drives the transactions. So if you're talking to a customer who's going, yeah. I got three experts who are telling yeah, me yeah. they're <laughs> the answer to my conversion problem. What do you say? Totally. Yeah. So here's the deal. The visual is what's going to be created from that description or that price. That visual is being created through preconceived notions and other ideas that they think is right. But when you're planning the actual visual in front of them, you are speaking to them exactly. It is the motion that's being created where they know this product is what's going to look like, what the environment that they're going to be utilizing this product. So it's hands down. There's so much real estate in, 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 in Amazon app or Shopify or wherever it is that you're shopping for imagery. And there's a reason for that. They tell the stories, you know, if, if every image can tell, you know, thousand words, well, what can a video do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you're telling millions and millions of, of powerful emotions <laughs> for every video. So in my eyes and through working with our clients, the only way you're going to push engagement is through that imagery. You're not going to push engagement through some words. It's not in the day that we live today. Maybe mm-hmm. like 15 years ago when all these social media platforms were new and they only did words, but mm-hmm. there's a reason why all the landscape on, on, on mobile is for photo and video. And, and mm-hmm. it's huge because you're speaking directly, you're humanizing your brand, you're bringing emotion into the mix and through a description or a title, you're letting their imagination run where you're correcting their imagination with the photo and video and say, no, this is it. You're a mountain biker. You're looking for some new gloves we get it. Here's some imagery that speaks to you. These gloves have, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's amazing how much now you're speaking I, to me. Mountain biking. My words because it's like, it, yeah. it's a no brainer. I mean, you can't, you, everything's a puzzle, right? It's all going to be created from everything. But if you're, if you're, if you're image heavy and video heavy, you're going to win. You truly are. Couldn't agree more. I think today but you guys, yeah, go ahead. So you got one e-commerce expert and one photography. I don't know, Kyle, you've been through a number of different iterations and different photographic businesses. What's your story? How did you guys come together and what was the genesis of this yeah. union? 
I'll you tell us one. Yeah. The last one. Yeah. Um, so early on, there was another startup we were part of called Soul ID. It was a social network for action sports and adventure sports. So it was a place where all you could do when you're on that app is see the stuff that you're passionate about. So if you're a mountain biker, that's the only content you're going to see. You're going to see professional mountain bikers, professional mountain bike photographers on there and other people in your community. Same for surfing, skateboarding, blah, blah, blah. So we did that for a few years. We ran with that. Uh, we both ran the marketing department of that company. Um, and that's kind of where the relationship formed. We actually met at a buddy's um, dinner and I was cracking jokes the whole time. And he was the only dude laughing. So I was like, you know what? I like this dude. He's on my <laughs> that's either a good sign or a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Um, so uh, from there, he got into the e-commerce world. I pushed even more into the media world. Um, and both of us kind of started saying, you know, we want more out of life that has to do with creative and a new startup. Um, and so we did this headshot thing for the local college that we went to. We did 450 uh, free headshots for business majors to kind of help them with their LinkedIn profile and establish, you know, better images. And we grabbed a beer afterwards. I was like, dude, I got this idea, but I need your help. You've got your e-commerce background. I have the photography background. I really think if we want to scale a media company, we need to look at e-commerce very closely. And I think the formulation of both of us can really, you know, turn something very small, an idea into something very big. And this is as the large wave of e-commerce was starting up about six, seven years ago. Um, and we're like, yeah. So for like a year, we did it as a side hustle. We worked hard late nights, early mornings, uh, during the middle of the day, I'd go and grab him from, from his other job. Like, dude, we got to do this shoot. He would act like he'd on a phone call. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be gone for like an hour. Slide out the back door. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, you know what? You make enough money to be able to just to pay your bills and get by. And, um, then COVID hit and that was the big e-commerce wave that we were, that we were waiting for. And it just crashed on us and and then um, from there, just it clicked and it just, it, it, it really grew because everybody was either dumping their media teams to cut costs or they were just trying to scale and grow their, their brand. And they knew they needed to do it through photo and video. And we popped up in the search for a lot of different companies. Um, and so the past two years has been a really cool wave. We've been surfing um, and just kind of going for it in 2020. Is it just the two of you or do you have a, do you have a team of other photographers and uh, we, have a, we have 12 people here in house. And then we have other people kind of scattered around the, few out around the world and then a few people in the U S so probably 20 people all together. Nice. Now an old, an old mentor of mine who I don't fully agree with on this, but he was, he was once was uh, fairly dismissive of partnerships feeling that they were inevitably fraught with problems in it. Now, maybe because he was a bit of a control freak, but what do you guys think is like, what's key to making your partnership work? Absolutely. Great question. We get this a lot, which I think is really cool. I think it's cool that it's out there. I mean, I've almost killed most seven times. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to dodge a couple bullets, but <laughs> made, yeah. Fortunately, yeah, I watched Bob and Weave. That was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to uh, just a deep rooted respect for each other and really understanding um, what his stressors are, what his motivators are, how does he work. Um, those are, we, we've spent in behaviors. We've spent a lot of time in behavioral tests back and forth between each other. We've done some really deep, extensive past like the Myers-Briggs stuff, really deep analysis of each other. So we know what, you know, what is motivating between us and how we behave, let alone we are best friends really at heart. So that, that really helps. It could go for some people, I think that could go South, but understanding, you know, what is very important to him and what's important to me. And then it's just been a good yin and yang. Yeah. I mean, expectations, right? Like they yeah, have to yeah. be set um, forward and foremost. So, mm -hmm. And it's good that you have the complementary skill set. Sometimes yeah, yeah. where it goes off the rails is when yeah. two people have the same expertise and different perspectives and then they could never reconcile. But where you have respect for each other's expertise, yeah. then you're complementary, complementing yep. each other. 
Absolutely. We Absolutely. talk about that a lot. We talk about the power of a co-founder. That's one of the topics we really speak a lot on. The power of how to find a co-founder, why have a co-founder, because there are a lot of views that say, you know, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we speak on the, the power of it and how important it actually is. Yeah. I've got two clients who I'm actually talking to right after you guys. And they're, I call them lightning in a bottle. They're two mm. people that have been together for 25 years okay. and they are together. There's a chemistry there that mm-hmm. yeah. is just unbelievable. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. You put those two in front of a client. You, nobody else has a chance. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your business also has a pretty important social, social good initiative. I think it's called snap one plant one. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I think that's, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're part of 1% for the planet. Um, so, you know, all of our proceeds, 1% of our revenue goes towards doing good. And we've committed- 1% of revenue or 1% of profit? Revenue. Revenue. Nice. And so, um, we've committed as business owners. It's not just like on a, on a, business-wide thing, but as individuals to do that. And that takes a lot because most of that 1% is going to go into a business owner's pocket. <laughs> and we're saying, no, we're going to give that back. And the whole point of 1% of the planet is, you know, a lot of small people together can push the big rock forward and make a difference in the world. And so through that 1% of the planet, um, our program is called Snap One Plant One. So for every photo uh, we deliver, every second of video we deliver, we plant one tree here um, on the West Coast um, in Oregon. So um, that's just our way to give back locally to our community and to the world community as a whole. And uh, it's just really cool to see our clients also get behind it because, you know, we can't do it without our clients. And it's really the clients that are planting the trees, not us. We're just doing it for them. So um, it's can you tell fun. the story, uh, like what's what's behind that? Like you have a personal motivation for doing that, right? Yeah, we have two two different ones. Um, I lost my house in the campfire in paradise in 2018. And so uh, that touched me very deeply. And I wanted to know if there was a way for me to give back to the world. I think there was over 1 million trees that were burnt down in that fire. So uh, my way to give back was, hey, I want to plant some trees, make the world a better place, and hopefully affect these other communities that are um, being affected through these fires and have a stronger, healthier tree canopy. And then you can yeah, mine just uh, growing up uh, and having just a, a deep rooted love for the outdoors and seeing, um, you know, seeing these fires rip through has been pretty tough to just look you know, before you couldn't really see that you see all these trees, but, but right. now it's just like you can see for like miles. Mm. Um, and I just think that future generations, they need that experience in the outdoors and trees obviously are just such a big part of it. There's so many different elements of trees and I think it's just a cool thing to help the West coast. Cause it's get, get, it gets hit more and more every year. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And so for your business, did you, did you always have that orientation towards doing this 1% or was it, did that come about through an awakening through this fire? Mm, it's a good question. I think we've always uh, wanted to do something in, in sustainability, but creating longer term impact and legacy. That was something that is a foundational piece to mm-hmm us as business owners, not just results imagery, but moving forward is to leave a legacy behind. And this program came about uh, and it gives us the ability to do that, to leave a legacy. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of it as anything else. And was it initiated? I was going to say spark. That's the wrong word. Was it initiated by this event? And the reason I'm asking is like, yeah. sometimes people, this, this podcast is all yeah. about people who want to make the world a better yeah. place yep. through their business, but people come to that journey through different places. And sometimes yeah. people, I sometimes have this experience where people feel like, well, I didn't start the business without, so can I still do that? Right. And it, my sort of thing is it doesn't matter how you got there. Right. Yeah. 
you know, whether it's because it's always been part of you or through some sort of awakening experience. It definitely pushed us. It was yeah. definitely the initial spark. I mean, we always talked about having something that we're doing uh, with our dollars. Um, but, you know, early on in, in, in a startup, if you don't have that built in already, it's really hard to make that that leap to commit to doing that. And we were finally in a position where we could do that. Mm-hmm. And two things I think adding to that, now that you brought that question up, is as individuals, we can't create as much impact as we can. As a business, we, we can push that, 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 make that snowball bigger. And then two, we understand that consumers, they, in, in the modern era, they want to work with brands that do good. Yeah. And if we, can, if we can use this as a business tool to differentiate from the, from the competitor, then let's, let's do that. And it's a win-win because we wanted to do that for leaving a legacy and some sustainability efforts. But we also want to be different and work with a certain type of consumer. And it's also on an employment brand as well with a great resignation or a great reshuffle, however you want to call it. People want to be part of an organization that does something they believe in. Exactly. It's yeah. A win, 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 (laughs) three wins. Now at a, at a deeper level, do you, does this impact in any way your selection or acceptance of clients? Like if you have customers who are into deforestation or something like, would that impact who or how you work with clients? We definitely offer um, discounts for the clients that are doing good. Mm -hmm. So if you're part of 1% for the planet, if you have a sustainability program or your products are sustainably made, um, we do love working with those clients and we offer them a discount just to show and tell them, thank you. You have the same vision alignment as us. Let's work together, you know, for the better good. Nice. I don't, we've never been approached by a company that's kind of doing that much harm. I think if we were, we would, we probably, yeah, we we wouldn't. We yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't just, it doesn't align properly. Yeah. We wouldn't take them as a client. I'm good on you. Now yeah. you have just further to that, you have on your website, you've got a number of values that are listed. Uh, how did you come to those? And do you, you know, one of the things about values, like I, I, I coach people on values creation a lot. One of the examples I often use is like the values that Enron had are great values and they were carved into the stone in the building of yeah. Enron. Yeah. but obviously weren't lived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So how do you, how do you action or activate those values within the company? Absolutely. That is a, when we create values, we, we try to do it from a community effort. And that's something that was built in the foundation of the company that we want to create this business as a business that people want to be at. And the values really do stem from yeah. the community effort. So everybody's a team has the opportunity to contribute to the values because we want to create a value that we're not just implementing, but that they feel confident in actually doing every day. We like to say that all of our values, um, every action that we take as a team should incorporate one of those values in some way. So everything we, every, every, every decision that we make should stem back to the values because they are a community effort. And now those values were made from a team five years ago. And we actually just sat down as a team um, to recreate them for the next five years. Last week, which is really interesting that you brought that up um, because it's a whole different team. And then these people and us as a team have different values than what the team five years ago did. It was a smaller team and Mm -hmm. different people. And so uh, we're really trying to spearhead this company forward as a community and the decisions that we make um, as a team you know, collectively is really important. And those are based on those community values. So if we have community values five years ago that just don't jive with the whole team and we're trying to build a really strong culture and we want those values to, you know, jive with everybody, then they need to be created by that. So. And what kind of impact did that have? If you just went through it, I'm interested. So what huge impact, huge, what did the, how did the, how did the team respond a to being able to participate in this and then B with the actual final finished product? 
we're doing our best to put ourselves on a parallel platform with the team. We don't like to look at as bosses. No. We don't like to be looked at as management. Um, yes, there's decisions that we make that we only make, but those shouldn't reflect on your communication and your relationships with your employees. And so that was one huge stepping stone for us to be able to say, no, we're a community here. This isn't ran by Kyle and Eli. This isn't the Kyle and Eli show. This is the results imagery community show. And so um, any way we can give back and like build that culture into like a wholesome like unit together moving forward, um, that's what we do. And so that was huge for us. And the feedback everybody got was very appreciative. And, um, you know, it's all about retention too, right? You want to keep these employees on board. You want them to believe in in our our vision, not our vision, right? Um, yeah. And really move that mission of the company forward. So it was huge. It was huge. And I think it's a really, I think something cool that we haven't really reflected on yet, but is doing this exercise while most of those, this pool of employees, all of our employees are at least a year for the most part, at least a year. Um, they've been here for a year to two years at least. But pooling them and basically surveying them on the values, we saw across the board values are, were very similar. Super similar. But I, I really believe that it came from the culture that we've already had when they came in. So they've had two years to kind of see what that culture is like. And it and all the values and all the cultural descriptions that they they brought up were all very, very similar. If you look them out across the board, there's a lot of similar values. And I believe it came from just them being in the culture for at least two years. And we've kind of just created these values just kind of behind the door and everybody feels like they're already just into those values. And they've probably been influenced by them already. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was really cool exercise. I would listeners, founders out there, hundred percent like surveying. We heard this on on another podcast. So like surveying your team, what is the culture like in your eyes? What are you like? Do you know what your responsibility is and role is? to push the company to the next level? And what are the values that you feel? Like those are the three questions we asked. It, Amazing feedback. It really stemmed from um, Zappos, right? Tony, mm -hmm. the founder yeah. of it, you know, that's his thing. He created- Delivering happiness. Delivering happiness. And so we've actually, um, we're very connected with the chief culture officer at Zappos. And so he's been helping us kind of move our culture yeah. in the right way. And something that I think a lot of people mistake culture and community building with is you think you need to be a big company in order to implement these big ideas, but it's not true. You can be a team of three and still have beautiful culture in your company and you have to have that foundation being built. So then it's just a work in progress of continually just like moving that culture forward. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of companies wait it's, it's too late, right? They, they wait yeah. too long in order to like, oh, I'll, I'll worry about culture when I'm a team of 20 or 30 when there's actual community. It's like, that's not true. You can it's do it. It's too hard to change a culture yeah. than it is. Exactly. It's easier to build it from better, the beginning. You know, it, exactly. If you haven't thought about culture with your company, no matter your size, you, you really should. Because yeah. it, 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 it pays dividends mm -hmm. on so many different levels in your company. So. It does. And I think to add to that, just small things are super impactful. They don't yeah. need to be these big corporate no. retreats. They can literally be just, you know, decorate, well, like allowing to decorate your yeah. desk or like yeah. that's some of the yeah. stuff. Yesterday was a perfect, perfect example. So we had, you know, it's just that time of year, we're getting all these thank you gifts and thank you notes to the founders of results. Energy. We're like getting them. <laughs> Like yeah. crazy every day. Well, one of them was a big box of chocolate bars, right? I mean, this is very small, but a lot of people would keep those to themselves, bring them home. But we're like, no, let's break it open. Let's share it all together. Like it's small things like that yeah. showing and being able to have that 10 second, like recognition of each other and 10 second, just like connection yeah. to show that, okay, you do care. Mm -hmm. It's just small things. You just have to continuously like 
just do that and love on them. And, and, and you know what I find happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is because they started up on their own, they actually forget their position, their influential position as leaders. Oh, totally. They forget what it is to be a boss. I had a client a while ago and I, I was talking about as part of the culture, introducing processes of recognition. And she, she actually said to me, well, they're not going to care. And I went, and there was a guy right outside her, her, her window at the time. I said, that guy, I know him. You know, I've met him a few times. He's 22 years old. He works in your IT. If you went out there and thanked him for what he did with the phone system the other day that I'd heard about, yep. and you say you really saved our bacon and I appreciate you that, you know what he's going to do? He's going to go home tonight and call his mom. And he's going to say, yeah. yes. my boss said to me today. Yes. And if, you, if you forget that as a boss, how impactful that is, that people are going to call their mothers about the stuff you tell yeah. them to exactly. build pride in their family. And you like yeah. you impact people's lives by creating those cultural moments. A hundred percent. When we, when we're one day, when we're, you know, four or 500 people big, we are, we, we've talked about making an impact to like, if it's most of our day, just going around to everybody and thanking them, like giving them recognition for the work that they've done. We think that is so impactful because it just has so, there's so much, so many legs that can just continue to move with that. Yeah. And the culture, I, you often hear that term culture eats strategy. And mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that culture and strategy are the best marriage. I think the strategy tells you what to do and the culture yep. makes sure that it gets done. Yep. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Now, so t- tell me a little, you talked about your, tell me a little bit about Biz, Biz Bros. What's the focus of that podcast? You know, mine is about businesses who yeah. want to make the world a bit of a better place. What's, what's the Biz Bros focus? You know, it, we set out Biz Bros with no intentions of an ROI. We set out mm-hmm. to be sponges and have conversations with individuals that we can learn from. Um, the only way for us to progress forward as individuals and business owners is to learn from people that have either done it before doing it um, or visionaries in a specific, you know, um, area. And so just having these conversations and being able to have other people listen in like a fly on the wall is really what Biz Bros is all about. Um, you know, of course, you know, we would love to monetize on it even more, but when you get your mind away from something that is truly you're trying to educate yourself about um, and have great conversations, and then it turns into a whole different machine. So mm-hmm. we're really here just to like learn and then help others learn as well. And through that, you know, helping others first, um, it's gained traction, which is really cool. I think we're over 150 episodes deep now and wow, um, nice. amazing, amazing guests yeah. and, and amazing like experiences talking to some of these guests. And um, yeah, totally. that's what it, it's all about. It impacts our business as well as leaders. We're, we're, we're better leaders. We're better mm-hmm. executives now that we've done this show. Oh, isn't that great? In what way can you get late in? Is there any specifics? Yeah. I, I mean, mindset being better, like just a super small example. We had, I don't remember the guest and I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to say it on, on camera, but uh, small things. Like if you walk into the, everybody's looking at you, yeah. everybody's looking at you as a leader, as a CEO of this company, you are a little driving the, driving the ship. If you walk into the door, your head's down, you walk in really quick. You don't say anything. You go to your desk, you open your computer, you start jamming away it creates fear and it creates this like this weird sense what's going on yeah what's going on with with (laughs) yeah what's going on what's going on the business like why 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 are they so if you walk in you you, literally as 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 much as if you slow your pace of of walk down you could still you know have stuff on your mind you slow it down you don't look like you're stressed good morning you know things like that they it keeps the it keeps the culture um positive and it doesn't create fear and one thing we learned in the show super cool but is is uh team members can literally smell fear 
Um, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it comes in from like our armpits, not, not like BO, but it actually like they did the pheromones. crazy test. Yeah. Pheromones. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. This test and, and showcase like um, how people can actually sense and smell fear. Um, and that's something that we learned. So, I mean, that's just a small thing. Happens every episode, there's something where you take Some that and we're like, okay, we're applying that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a great example of that. I had a client who they were doing fantastic and the, the executive team, they wanted to celebrate. And so they were planning a celebration. They were going to buy everybody in the company Apple Watches. Okay. And this is when Apple Watches first came out. So it yeah. was a really expensive kind of deal to yeah. do. Um, and there were like 50 people in the business or 60 people oh, wow. in the business. Um, and so they're having meetings about planning this thing. Hmm. But all the staff saw were the executives keep going into these closed door meetings. And hmm. this rumor started to Whoa. spread that there was going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I would think that And it was bizarre. Like here we were planning this incredibly celebratory gratitude exercise for everybody in the business. And the way it was done engendered this like existential fear among the staff. That's that interesting. Leadership is not clear about what they're doing. I always use the example that, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And in the absence of information, people will make it up. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. People are watching. Yeah. Watching you. Like you, all eyes are on you all the time. So do you find, do you find in any way, so it's been beneficial in the learning standpoint, yeah. do you find it a distraction from your business in any way? Like how do you balance, hmm. balance the two? Phenomenal question. I think um, at, at times it can be, and I think that is on us for not self-correct. It's yeah. It's, it's on us for, you know, maybe if we have a guest on our show, like, you know, not vetting it properly that, you know, this is, I'm not going to say waste of time, but uh, it could be a waste of time. And that could be a distraction from the actual, you know, if there's a fire going on in the business, we have this show booked. Um, I think that'd be the only, I, I wouldn't call it really a distraction though. I, I don't know. It's never been a distraction for the most part. No. We've had a couple of episodes that have been pretty. Yeah. Didn't get published. Uh, yeah. Didn't get published. Those are definitely the distracting ones. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you two function on the show? Like, is it good cop, bad cop? Or is it one person takes one type <laughs> of question uh, and another or something we, else? We just, yeah. It's a lot of fun. We mm-hmm. push each other's buttons and sometimes our guests aren't really ready for it. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, are they arguing right now? And we're like, no, yeah, that's just who we are. We really, we really mm-hmm. have a good time. The sarcastic humor. I think we, we should probably set the preface yeah, and the expectation yeah. before some shows, but we just try to bounce back and forth. Like Kyle said, we try to think of the audience as just a fly on the wall. There's some amazing podcasters out there that do it better than most. And I, you know, you just pick up these little nuggets. If it's a 30 minute show, you can grab something from it on your way to work or whatever it is. I, I think those are the most impactful shows. Nice. All right. I always just finish off with some rapid fires. Cool. And with two of you, this will be interesting to see how it goes. Okay. So, can, yeah. so try to try to make them quick and fast answers. Okay. The one decision or action that most helped you get where you are. Uh, Cut the cord. Uh, Risk. Yeah. um, uh, Taking your first step, like moving forward. Yeah. Take risk. Pretty much. If you had to do it over again. You're going to get a lot of these same ones. What was that? If you had to do it over again, what would you do? The process is in in place earlier. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to say the same stuff. So it's really about (laughs) who can get it first. And I would have. Processes is is a, is a really good one. I think, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna say it's quick fire. Dude. It's like put them fire. put them in place first. You mean documenting documenting the processes, really letting it out. So like when you bring on somebody, you can delegate that role easily, and it's just a playbook for them to, yeah. to accelerate and move quicker. 
on the days I enjoy most, this is what I'm doing. Spending time with my kids. Absolutely. Uh, for me, it's in the outdoors. Anything in the outdoors. If I'm if I'm on two wheels, motorcycle, mountain bike, those are the or or, or on the snowboard. The yeah, best. I'm with you on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One aspect of running a business I have yet to master. Um, I would say I've not mastered running a business. I'm learning every single day and just moving That's forward true. and picking up where I've left off and try to fill those uh those holes with a nice, you know, mm-hmm. bonding so it doesn't leak anymore. It, <laughs> Uh, that's good. That's a good. Oh, yeah, we haven't definitely not mastered it. Um, but I would say delegation mm. and delegating um, and automating a little bit more. I don't yeah. think we've we've mastered automation, and mm-hmm. I think we're we're getting there. Twenty twenty two is the year. Twenty twenty two is yep, one hundred percent. So this may be the same one. What's the problem you'd most like to solve in the business? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times people think they need to hire more when they really just need to automate more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and create better processes. And in this past year, we really dove into our process. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah. That was our main focus this year. And now yeah. it's really, how do we automate those processes even better? So. Yep. I think that's, oh yeah, same answer. My biggest learning as an entrepreneur. What? Biggest learning. My, my biggest learning as an entrepreneur. Uh, Eli, see if you can jump in first. Yeah, okay. Just, um, just um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, uh, the power of culture, the power of those, yeah. uh, the power of listening and the power of uh, truly listening don't just say hey, how's your day good and then move on it's actually diving in like tell me more about your day put the phone down you give them your full attention um we had a good podcast with uh this lady that was um she had interacted this is longer than a quick form i'm just gonna say it real quick george clooney she's she got to talk to george clooney yes. in this thing and she said that he gave her ten, five or 10 minutes of completely uninterrupted, like, like looking her right in the eye, in the nothing in the world and listen to her story. Let them go back and converse back and forth. I think as an entrepreneur, that has been yeah. extremely important for our culture is listening. It's a long, yeah. long answer. For me, it's work-life balance. Really, really honing in on my work-life balance and understanding that in order to excel in each of those, you need to have balance in both. You need to give appropriate amount of time to both. So. Mm-hmm. Because everybody likes to talk about all the good stuff, but it's always going to, what, what's your biggest failure? Um, it's good for other entrepreneurs to I know mean, that successful people have had those. Yeah, for sure. There's a few, for sure. I think hiring too fast is a big failure on our end. Um, we did that last year. We hired way too fast because things were moving so quickly and we didn't really take a close look at the upcoming like six months of what it could look like. We just really focused on the then and now. Um, and so really before making very big decisions like adding more people, you really need to really take a look at like, is this really the right moment or do we just keep pushing a little bit more on our team, keep pushing ourselves a little bit more? So. Mm-hmm. If it's the biggest failure, but I think, what a lot of people do is too much planning and not enough executing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wasted time and you look back at it like as a failure, you know, everybody's getting paid like hour, like salaried, right. And you break that down to hourly and how much time hourly is spent on salaries in meetings that are not being executed on and idea planning. And then you don't execute on those ideas. That's mm-hmm. wasted dollars. And yeah. I think there's failures that could have represented, you know, spending that time on, on ROI positive things. Yeah, there's a term um, called again, organizational drag. And basically, it's the 20 to 25% of all payroll dollars are wasted. Mm. Believe it. Yeah, I, yeah. What's your biggest 100%. success? Man, 
Um, I think um, one of our, I'm going to keep coming back to, to team and culture, but we, we, we set out to um, have people really enjoy coming to work. Yeah. And a couple, couple weeks ago, we had, you know, one, one employee, we do a, a, a Monday stand up say that they were at this job for 10, 15 years and they dreaded coming back after that Thanksgiving break. He was looking forward to being here. I don't know if it's our nice. big, biggest success, but we set out six years ago saying, you know, we always want to love doing what we do. Excited for that Sunday night. And that proved it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That was fun. I'll just piggyback. I agree with that. Yeah. Like we have these one-on-one meetings every two weeks mm-hmm. with every single um, employee. And last week, the same. We had a very yeah. like really open one-on-one with everyone last week. And um, I had a couple employees saying they just, thanked me and they're like hey thank you so much for having a place where i feel um involved and i feel you know equity between everybody and 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 i i truly feel like i belong at it i was like thank you (laughs) don't thank me thank you because you're you and everyone here is what's created that not me so yep good on you last two questions are personal one personal quality that i most had to improve or overcome uh say that again it broke up so one time one personal quality that I most had to improve or overcome. Oof. Um, uh, distraction for me. I, I get distracted very, very quickly. And this past year, you're I've an tried- artist. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this past year I've tried very, very hard um, to kind of work on the distractions and my like self-awareness and, and really focus on myself as a whole. So, and I, I feel like I'm coming out of 2021 in a very good spot. So it's, it's cool. I think um, it's just uh, a higher level of accountability and discipline. Um, not only from, for myself a little bit, but just, um, you know, not being afraid to, to, to like actually be real with somebody. And I think sometimes I've, I've had the tendency to kind of dance around certain things, but mm-hmm. people like straight on feedback. Mm-hmm. So I need to, yes. uh, that's one thing I'm, that I could improve on. Working on it. And one personal quality that most contributed to your success. No false humility. What's the quality in you that's driven your success the most? Empathy. Empathy and positivity. If I can get two. Yeah. Maybe half and half. Both both of those. Those are my go-to. Positive um, empathy. Yeah. Positive empathy. I would say uh, probably visionary. I'm, I'm constantly looking for the next best thing and how we can try to implement it. That's awesome. Those are great answers. Thank you so much. I really, I really enjoy this. So there's, where you, can man. people find you, you on both on both fronts? If they're looking for, you know, the, yeah. the photography, yeah. or uh, if they're looking to, to listen yeah. to some good, inspiring lessons on another podcast. Yeah, if you want to listen to the second best podcast behind this one, <laughs> check out Bizbros Podcast. Uh, go to bizbros.io or just you know go on the Googles and type in Bizbros. If you're looking for e-commerce media, whether it's photo, video, maybe graphic design. Or, or some other good stuff to really elevate your brand, you're going to want to go to resultsimagery.com. And I'm going to throw a third one out there. Go on LinkedIn, type in Kyle Nelson or Eli Libby. Connect yes. with us. We're very active on LinkedIn. Um, and, and that's the hot spot right now just to mm-hmm. connect and learn more. So how do you spell Eli? How do you spell your last name, Eli? E-L-I and then Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. B-B-Y. All right. Thank you so much, John. Any last thoughts, any last bits of wisdom for aspiring entrepreneurs who want to make a difference? It takes doing it. It takes taking that step and exactly. just executing and moving forward. You can talk about Cut it all day long, net. but just do it. So, thank 100%. you, Warren. Right on. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation, guys. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. 
Hi, it's Warren Coughlin here. Thank you so much for listening to the Business That Matters Spotlight. If you're a successful, values-driven entrepreneur who makes a difference while making a profit, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit warrencoglin.com slash podcast slash apply. That's warren, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N dot com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you do us a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag business that matters spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, warrencoglin.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, facebook.com slash a business that matters, and Instagram at warren.coglin. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.